Hey guys, welcome to the Voice Over Nations broadcast. I'm your host, Kerry B. I have an exciting teaching that I want to share with you today. And I want to teach you about the power of your seed, the power of your seed. And I want to show you through scripture that it is the desire of God for you to prosper. God takes pleasure in his children being wealthy, prospering in the things that matter the most. So the first scripture that I want to share with you is coming from the 35th division of Psalms, the 27th verse, as Psalms 35 and 27. And it says, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. The Bible says that you ought to shout for joy. Anytime you favor the cause of God, anytime you celebrate and you pick up and you run to do whatever God tells you to do, he said that he takes pleasure in your prosperity. Now, that's something that you ought to shout about today, that God takes pleasure in my prosperity. I want to share with you another scripture. Second Corinthians, the eighth chapter, the ninth verse. Now, I really love this scripture here. This is one of my favorite scriptures, but it's speaking about Jesus Christ and what he did for us on Calvary. It says, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Now, that is an incredible scripture. But what is it speaking about? Because when Jesus walked on this earth, he was not poor. He lacked nothing. He could take two fish and five loaves of bread and feed 5,000 plus people. So it is not speaking about when Jesus walked the earth. Because if he was a poor man, he would have been a man that was breaking the covenant. Because poverty fell upon those that broke the covenant of God. So this scripture is actually pointing to Calvary when Jesus was on the cross. And he's taken this transference of your poverty and he's giving you his wealth. Let me read it again. Second Corinthians, the eighth chapter, the ninth verse. For, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he was rich in heaven. He was wealthy. There, there's not even a word to explain the wealth that he has because he owns everything, everything. So he was wealthy. But the Bible says, for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. He took your poverty, your sickness, your bondage, everything that the enemy has thrown your way. That's bad. The Lord Jesus Christ has taken it. He's taken it upon himself. He died with it on the cross. He rose again in power and he has given you his prosperity. Glory to God. He's giving you divine healing. He's giving you freedom. Everything that he has, you have. Why? Because you are part of his body. As the head is, because he is the head of the church, so is the body. 
It's no way in the world that your head could be rich and your body poor. Because whatever's in your head, if you apply it, it's going to manifest and bring prosperity or health to your body. Praise God. So he's the head of the church. We're the body. As he is, so are we. Is he sick? No. Is he poor? No. Everything he is, that's how we're supposed to be. Now, we have to enforce it. It, does just, it doesn't just come just like that because there's an enemy that is fighting for us not to receive these inheritance and promises of God. We have to fight for them to make them give it up. And I just want to let you know that God takes pleasure in you prospering. But also there was a trade, there was a transference that he gave you something and he took something. That's, that's a powerful scripture there. Remember that you were rich in Christ Jesus. Now I want to talk about the power of your seed, but I had to lay that foundation and let you know that you would not be all messed up and thinking, well, prosperity is wrong. I'm going to tell you what's really wrong. It's wrong for you to be poor. It's wrong for you not to have enough money to go to the doctor when you're sick. I'll walk down the grocery aisles and not even be able to buy you what you see with your eyes. Now that's sad. That's bad. And that's not your portion. But if you can get the revelation of this and you can understand the power of your seed, your seed is something that you sow and it is a spiritual law. And every time you are sowing anything, you are activating the law of seed time and harvest. Now that scripture is found in Genesis, the eighth chapter and the 22nd verse. It says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. So the Lord is letting us know that as long as the earth is in the condition that it's in now, you're always going to have seed time and harvest. It's always going to be cold and hot and summer and winter and day and night, as long as this earth remains in its current condition. So when you are reading this scripture, you have to understand because seed time and harvest is a law. You have to be careful what types of seeds you're planting or you're sowing. If you don't want tomatoes to come up, don't plant sweet potatoes because whatever you put in the ground, the seed has the knowledge in it to produce after its kind. The soul breaks the seed open and causes that seed to germinate and come forth because one is helping the other. The richer the soul, the quicker the blessing. That's like a lot of ministries you can sow into, a lot of people you can sow into. You can sow into good soul ministries, and I'm telling you, harvest come after harvest after harvest. You can sow your money into good stocks for those that you, of you that sow into stocks and bonds and markets and so forth. Your money will increase. But if you get the wrong soil, if you sow into a dead soil that hasn't been cultivated in years, when you try to put that seed in it, the ground is so hard that it's going to lay on top of the earth and it's not going to produce. So it's important 
your heart when you're sowing seed. It's important the level of seed you're sowing, but also it's important what ground you're putting the seed in. Because any person that has done any sowing in the ground, the farmers or whoever, they understand that you have to prepare the ground. You have to get the weeds out. You have to make sure you got some good soil and so forth. You just can't sow that seed on some regular dirt. I mean, the soil has to be prepared. Now, something may come up, but it's probably going to be not what you expect. So as long as the earth remains, there's always going to be seed time and harvest. A physical seed as well as a spiritual seed. Every word that we speak, we're releasing spiritual seeds. And I just want to share with you, when God created this universe, I was speaking the other day about this intelligent substance that is unseen and spiritual. When God created this substance, he gave a command to it. And he said that anytime man speaks into you, release a seed into you, you bring him a harvest. So that's why a lot of times, even when you're thinking about something, let alone saying something, it manifests because your thoughts are even seeds themselves. And they go into that realm and they have the power to bring it back to you. Does that make sense? So we want to talk about Proverbs 18 and 20. And I'm going to show you through scripture about the tongue. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, the 20th through the 21st verse. It says, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Let me stop right there. The Bible is saying that you could be full in your belly with food. If you understand the power of your tongue. For it says a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit or the seeds of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. When your mouth is speaking, it's releasing seeds. And the more seeds you're putting out there, the more harvest you have coming back. And it has so much power <clears throat> that whatever you're desiring in life, you have the power and the ability to literally call it into existence from way across the world. Have you ever was thinking about someone and the next day you saw that person, you hadn't seen that person in years. But your thoughts had so much power that it found out what that person was and it led you guys across each other's path. Do, do not downplay your thoughts. Because as I said, the Lord Jesus said that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I believe that was Jesus who said that, but that is a scripture. So as you are thinking something in your heart, your heart is a type of soul also. 
and it has the power to reproduce. Now let's go on with this scripture. Let's look at Proverbs 18 and 21. We just read Proverbs 18 and 20. And it says, death and life are in the power of the ability of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, we're talking about that again. We're speaking about words. That is power in your tongue. And it has so much power. You're always going to eat the fruit of what you have said. One of the greatest things I believe anyone can do is program their day. Decree and declare what's going to happen. And cancel every assignment that's on the demonic books of hell against you. When you're programming your day, you're speaking words, you're releasing words into the atmosphere. The scripture also say that angels, they hearken to the voice of the word of God. Anytime we give voice to God's word, the angels start to move and minister on our behalf. Because they are ministering spirits that have been sent out to those who are heirs of salvation. Words have power. Words can bring healing. Words can create death. Because the Bible says death and life is in the power of that tongue. Words can get you killed. How many people you know, they said the wrong thing and then ended up losing their life because of their words. Words can bring increase and words can bring decrease. Words can put you over and words can put you under. Words can make you happy and words can make you sad. Because when you're saying the right words, you're going to get the right results. You're going to get a harvest back of what you are thinking and what you are saying. Whatever you are thinking and saying continually, you get a harvest from that. All you have to do is look at your life, look at your day, look at what has happened. How did you get in the situation you are in now? It's probably because of your words, something you thought, you felt, or you said. Because you bring it to, when you have an abundance of fear, you bring situations into your life that will make you afraid continually. You're thinking about, oh, when I come home, somebody's going to be waiting around the corner. Sooner or later, that person is going to show up, and they're going to show up because you called them with fear. Because you have to understand that the spirit realm does not know what you do not want. It believes when you speak into it. Now, listen, this is, is important. The spirit realm, this causal realm, this intelligent realm, that every time you speak something into it or you think something continually, if you're speaking and thinking continually and releasing your faith or your fear with that, something is coming from out of that realm into the natural. That is a natural born fact. So we have to be careful what we're thinking continually. I'm not saying this happens once you say it, it happens, it could. I'm not saying once you think it, it's going to happen, it could. But most of the time, it's because of an abundance of what you have thought or what you have said. Sometimes people have an inferiority complex about them 
because they continually compare themselves to other people that may be doing something a little different than them. And they feel like they don't measure up. And the more you start looking at what you don't have and what they have, your mind is going to be messed up because you're going to end up thinking that someone is better than you. So we have to be careful with this. So the Bible says that uh, there's power in the tongue and you have the power to eat the fruit thereof. There's another scripture. I didn't find it. I just thought about it. It says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Maybe you can find that scripture later. A wholesome tongue is a, a tree of life. Now, what was the tree of life in the Garden of Eden? It was a tree that sustained life forever. Praise God. You remember when Adam and Eve sinned and they were in a sinful state and the Lord had a flaming sword that protected the tree of life and God drove them out of the Garden of Eden? Because the Lord knew that Satan was going to try to drive them to take up that tree and eat. And they would have lived forever and not been able to die. If Adam and Eve had taken up that tree in a sinful state, they would still be here today. They would not be dead, but they would be sick, sick, sick. So that's why the Lord had to drive them from out of that garden. Because Satan wanted them to take of the tree of life and live forever. So the scripture says a wholesome tongue is like a tree of life. That is incredible. You mean to tell me that my tongue can be so wholesome that it can bring life all around me? Powerful, powerful troops. Praise God. Now, when you have seed, you have to sow. If you're not sowing, you cannot expect to reap a harvest. And I've said this before. There's so many people, they want to harvest, but they're too cheap or too lazy. or don't have enough knowledge to sow. Whatever you're believing for in this life, you have to sow it. If you want friends, you must first show yourself friendly. If you want a job, you must first sow some time going out, putting in resumes or applications. You have to do something in order to get something. That's just common sense. So Luke 638 is also one of my favorite scriptures. It says, give. And it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you give, it shall be measured back unto you. Give. Give what? Give anything you want in return. It's not just finances. It's whatever you want in return. Give it. Praise God. Give some happiness. You'll give some happiness back. A lot of people don't like what they're getting back because they don't understand what they've given out. You're saying nobody likes you, maybe because you don't like nobody. Guys, we're going to take a little break, play a little music. Be right back in a minute. Stay tuned. Hey, welcome back to the broadcast. Now, as I was saying, 
In Luke 6, 38, it says, Give and it shall be given. Give and it shall be given. Good measure. That's a level. Press down. That's another level. Shaken together. That's a higher level. Shall men, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. You got to press down, shaken together, running over. Press down, shaken together, and they're running over. Those are different levels of blessings. And the Bible says that men will give into your bosom. See, your blessing is coming from a man. God is not raining any money from heaven. That would be illegal because there's no money in heaven. They don't need money in heaven. The currency of heaven is faith. Praise God. You need money on the earth. The way you get money on the earth is you have to sow money. It amazes me how people just sit up and they, 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 they want these teachings to happen for them. But yet they don't want to apply the principles. These are principal spiritual laws. That in order for you to receive, you have to sow. If I can go back to Adam and Eve for a moment, there was a time God said, I have given you all of these different seeds as your food. I've given you this tree for this uh, a seed for this tree, seed for that. What God was saying, you have to sow those seeds in order to multiply. So there's levels in your blessing, the press down, shaking together, running over, overflowing level. That's where you want to get. But it starts out by you sowing. And, and I think the church has been so messed up with sowing because so many preachers have just robbed them. Just every time you turn around, just give me some money, give me some money, give me some money, give me some money. I hate to go to a church where they're begging for money. It just gets on my nerve. And, and I'm not going to even start. I believe the Lord will tell you what to give because he has a harvest in return. Praise God. Let's look at Galatians, the sixth chapter. It's six through the 10th verse. And I'm going to show you what the scripture says. It says, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Let the person who learns the word from the person they received the word from share whatever you have with them. That's scripture. Remember the other day I was talking about uh, taking care of your leaders. One of the broadcasts I can't even remember. This is a scripture to go along with that. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. It's letting you know that you have a responsibility to those who teach you the word. Do not be deceived. God is not marked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. God is not mocked. Whatever you're sowing, that's what you're going to reap. If you don't like what you have, it's because you sold it. We want to blame people for what we have, and it's because what we have sown or what we have not sown. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit 
will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Let's examine that. The Bible says that if you sow to the flesh, of the flesh you reap corruption. What does it mean, sowing to the flesh? That means that you stay out all night and you party, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're abusing your body, you're having sex with everybody, you're doing all these things of the flesh. And I told you the other day, the flesh will kill you. Well, when you're sowing to the flesh, all the bad stuff that comes from the flesh, you will eventually end up getting. If you're sleeping around, sleeping around, you're going to end up getting some kind of disease, probably. Because that, that's slow, sowing to the flesh. If you, you, you're drinking, you can get, what, cirrhosis of the liver. If you're smoking, your lungs can collapse. So whatever you're doing to the flesh, that's what you're going to reap. But when you're so into the spirit, when you're building your most inner faith up in the things of God, when you're sowing to that spirit man and you're building that spirit man on the power of God, it'll take you to the greatest heights you've ever been in your life. But it also says that when you're sowing, don't go, don't grow weary. Sometimes it take a minute for the harvest to come in. But the Bible says, don't grow weary while you waiting on your harvest, while you're doing good, because in the right time, in the due season, you're going to reap a harvest if you don't faint, if you don't give up. Any seed that you're sowing in the ground, there's a certain harvest that comes up, but there's also a duration of how long that seed has to stay in the ground. If you plant some corn today, and next week you go and dig it up because you think it's ready, it's destroyed because that was not the due season. You have to wait until the due season, the right time before you can get it. Praise God. And then it says in the 10th verse of Galatians 6 chapter, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're supposed to try to treat everybody right, but the Bible says make sure we do good to those that are of the household of faith. We're making sure that we are taking care of the people of God. That's Bible. Let's look at Ecclesiastes 11th chapter, because we're talking about the power of your seed. We want to use that seed so much this year that it break the back of poverty and lack from off your life forever. And I know some of you are probably saying, I don't have anything to sow. You, you have something to sow that's coming into your hands. At some time or another, you just have to make that decision. Is this too precious? 
for you to give or to sow or to plant? Or do I have to hold it on to pay this and pay that and get this and get that? You have to make that decision. Something is always coming in. It may not be much, but even the little that you have, God accounts that as faith towards you. Ecclesiastes, the 11th chapter. I want to look at the first verse. It says, cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you may find it. You take that bread, you break it up, you cast it in the water. It goes out, it comes in, it goes out, it comes in, it spreads around. The Bible says after many days, you're going to find something from what you have cast out there. I look at the fourth verse. It says, one who watches or pay attention to the wind will not sow. And the one who looks at the clouds will not reap. What is it saying? If you're always looking at the conditions, well, you know, they say you better save your money. Well, they know, say they say a famine coming. Uh, they say the bank's going to close. They say I might lose my job. They say the check going to stop coming in and mail. Well, they say we ain't going to have enough to make it next week. They say, they say, they say. What God say? What does the word say? Because you're going to have to make up in your mind who do you believe, the word of God or what they say. They've been saying a long time. And a lot of stuff that they've been saying is wrong because every person that has ever made it in life, whether business, ministry or whatever, if they just stopped and waited on what they said, shoot, you wouldn't even have Walmart right now. You wouldn't have Amazon. You probably wouldn't even have the job that you work if we just sit up there and listen to what they say, because they always going to have something to say. And most of the ones that doing this, they say they ain't got nothing to show. Are oh, you hearing me? I'm tired of what they say. I want to hear what God is saying. So the scripture says that if you look at the clouds, if you watch the wind, you ain't going to never sow. And it says, just as you don't know the path of the wind or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so you don't know the work of God who makes everything. And listen, in the sixth verse, it says, in the morning sow your seed, and at evening do not let your hand rest, because you don't know which will succeed, whether one or the other, or if both of them will be equally good. It says, in the morning time, sow your seed. In the evening time, sow your seed. Because you don't know which one is going to prosper. Let me tell you, we have literally sown into a myriad of ministries. And a myriad of people's lives. As directed by God, and some of them probably wasn't directed by God. But we've sown and sown and sown. And because we use the scripture, 
we don't know where the blessing is coming from. We don't know who the financial deliverer is or the blessing connector is. We don't know that as we've cast our bread upon the waters, it may, we may cast it in the Atlantic Ocean, but it may come from the Pacific Ocean or the Indian Ocean. Who knows? We don't know where it's coming from. But God does. Just like bones are formed, the scripture said, in the body, God knows. And he has a way in the fullness of time of bringing it back to you. I'm a living witness. I'm a living witness. The scripture also says, he scattered, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endure forever. He scattered the seed. He gave it to the poor. Now righteousness is reigning in him. Praise God. He has not forgotten that poor person. He has not. When he's sowing his seed, he still hadn't forgotten the poor person. Praise God. Whew. Guys, y'all all right? We're going to take another short break. We're going to be right back. Hey, guys, welcome back. Let's continue in this word. Second Corinthians ninth chapter. Right now we're looking at the 10th verse. It says, now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, now let me explain this. It says the one who provides seed for the sower. The sower is the one that sows the seed. The one provides the seed is God. It says God provides your seed is your responsibility to sow it. For those of you that say that you don't have anything to sow, ask God to give you some seed to sow. And I promise you, he'll give you seed to sow. And I promise you, when you receive it, the devil is going to tell you to use it for something else. That's a fact. So when God provides the seed to the sower, he also provides food and bread. And then he multiplies your seed and increase the harvest of your righteousness. He doesn't just provide seed for you. As a sower. He provides bread and food. And then he multiplies the seed that you're sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now that's a blessing all in itself. God not only gives you some seed to sow, he'll give you some more seed and he'll give you some bread and some food and some water and everything else to eat. And then he multiplies and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Let me just say this because I just heard the Lord say it. I heard the Lord say a lot of times I don't provide seed because people are not sores. When you get in the habit of being a sore, then God said, I will provide seed for you. But I'm not giving anyone seed that's going to take it and buy some foolishness or buy some personal stuff. Uh, stuff that most of them don't even need. Are you understanding? He said that I'm going to give you some seed. I'm going to provide all this stuff for you. But what I need to, you to do is to be a sower. 
I need for you to release that seed from out of your hand and put it in some soil. And God will always also tell you what soil to put it in. The 11th verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 11. Then he said, you will be enriched in every way for all generosity. My gosh. Which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints. He's saying you're not only taking care of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many acts of thanksgiving to God. They will glorify God for your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with others through the proof provided by this service. The word of God is saying that as you're sowing into ministries and sowing into lives, that people are going to have a confession and they're going to be so thankful for the generosity of your sharing what you have sown with them. And they will have deep affection for you in their prayers on your behalf because of the surpassing grace of God in you. So in other words, what you're doing in their life is going to bless them so much. They're going to be praying for you continually. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's continue. I want to show you another scripture in Ecclesiastes, the second chapter and the 26th verse. Ecclesiastes, the second chapter, the 26th verse. Because it says, for God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. Listen what it's saying. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. This also is vanity and grasping for the winds. Let me take that slow. It says, for God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. When you are good and pleasing in the sight of God, the scripture says he gives you wisdom, he gives you knowledge, and he gives you joy. That's what he gives the righteous. That's what he gives that person that is pleasing unto the Lord. But let me show you through scripture what he gives the sinner. This is Ecclesiastes, the second chapter, the 26th verse. It says, but to the sinner, a sinner is someone that has missed the mark and they have not gotten saved. And I hear somebody saying, we all are sinners. I'm not a sinner. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus died for sinners. You cannot be righteous and a sinner at the same time. Because that's what a lot of church folks say. And those that receive that or accept that, they don't know the scriptures. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. We are the body. How can he be righteous and we connected to his head be sinners? That doesn't even make any sense. If you're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, you are the righteousness of God. He doesn't call you sinner. He doesn't call you a sinner. He calls you a righteous. And if God calls me righteous, I'm righteous. Now, do I sin? 
Do you sin? Do we sin? Of course we do. We miss the mark. But God does not see us as sinners. He sees us as saved. He sees us through the eyes of Jesus Christ. Praise God. It says to the sinner. He gives the work of gathering. And collecting. That sinner goes to work every day and what he does, he gathers and he's collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. My God, you mean that man or that woman is working every day for me? As a righteous person? <laughs> That's what the scripture says. It, it says, now, now I'm going to show you again through scripture, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. It says the sinner, he is going to work to gather and collect that he may give to him who is good before God. Now, when you're hearing these scriptures, you, you can't fight against them. You have to receive them by faith because the flesh is going to tell you, first of all, you're not righteous. You are a sinner, buddy. You just finished sinning a few minutes ago. You sinned last night. You sinned yesterday. You are a sinner. No, you are righteous. That has not received a revelation of who you are. Because Christ broke the power of sin from off our life. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You sin because you want to. A sinner sins because they have to. They ain't got no choice because that law has not been broken from off of their life. It's been broken from off of yours. When you and I sin as a righteous person, we sin by choice. They sin because they have to. So the Bible is saying that that sinner is working for you. They are gathering and collecting that they may give to that person who is good in the eyesight of God. Receive that by faith. And just start confessing that the wealth of the sinner is coming to the hands of this family. Praise God. Look at Job 27. 13 through the 17 verse. Job 27 chapter 13 through the 17 verse. Now listen to what Job is saying. It says this is the portion of a wicked man with God. A wicked man is a rebellious man. A, a man that does not honor or respect God, an evil person. But that person is also a sinner also. It says this is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage of oppressors received from the almighty. If his children are multiplied, it is for the sword. And if his offspring shall not be satisfied with bread, those who survive him shall be buried in death and their widows shall not weep. Though he heaps up silver like dust and piles up clothing like clay, he may pile it up, but the just will wear it and the innocent will divide the silver. That scripture The Bible is saying that there's a judgment for this wicked man. And there's a judgment 
for the heritage of oppressors, people who oppress others. And this is coming from the almighty God. It says if he has an abundance of children, that they're going to die by the sword. And if his offspring shall not be satisfied with bread, those who survive him shall be buried in death and their widows shall not even weep. And though he take and he heaps up silver like dust, like the dust of the ground, he has so much silver like the dust of the ground and he piles up his clothing like clay. He may pile it up. He may heap it up, but the just will end up wearing it. And the innocent, innocent people are going to divide that silver. That's scripture. That is Job 27, 13 through 17. There are some wicked people and there are some sinners right now that have your clothes in their closet. They have your car in their garage. They're living in your house right now. Because you are the just. And the Lord said that he's going to take care of the righteous and the just. Now, this has to become a revelation to you. Some of you may say, OK, well, I never heard this. This has to become a revelation to you, because as I'm reading these scriptures to you, it's going to change the way you pray. You're not praying for people to die or harm to come to them. What you're praying for is that God would allow you to reap from whatever wicked person that he chooses to bless you with their stuff. Whether it's their silver, their gold, their resources uh, that have been lost through foreclosure, whatever. They're just going to get that eventually. And I, I believe the reason why a lot of people don't receive from these scriptures is number one, because they don't know them. And number two, they don't pray them through. They don't look for it to happen to them. Every time you go somewhere, you ought to be looking for some type of favor. Praise God. Because it's due to you. You have a blessing on your life. We're talking about the power of the seed. When you are sowing your seeds, when you're releasing them into the earth, when you're releasing them into the spirit, the Lord is watching you as you are sowing. He's watching you also into what ministries you're sowing into. Because not every ministry is going to bring you a harvest back. That's why you need wisdom in this hour to know where to sow it. Praise God. Let me give you one more scripture and we're going to be finished. And this is talking about the same thing. These are three scriptures that's dealing with the same thing. Proverbs 13 chapter the 22nd verse. It says a good man. Listen, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. 
Now, you know, the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Holy Spirit has breathed upon men to write what you are hearing today. The Holy Spirit is God. Now, if he says that a good man, a good woman, they leave an inheritance to their children's children. If you don't have an inheritance, if you don't have anything in life, how are you going to leave your children anything? Oh, you're going to leave them your bills? Come on. You have to get to the place where you are amassing things in life, not just for your family, but for the kingdom's sake also. To be a blessing. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, if, if our parents that passed away had left us a half a million dollars, a million dollars, life insurance policy or something, with all the bills paid, and you wouldn't have to sweat or work hard? Now, I know some people, they would just blow that. I'm not speaking about them. I'm speaking up about people that are seasoned. And you don't have to labor and struggle. That's what I'm talking about. Leaving an inheritance for your children's children that you're so blessed that it is a sweatless life. And you don't have to worry about anything. All you have to do is take care of ministry and do the things of God. Have that Rockefeller blessing. Praise God. So the Bible says the wealth of the sinner. He said it again. He said it is laid up. It is stored up for the righteous. Now, if you're a righteous person that's listening to this broadcast. You ought to ask God, how can I position myself to receive the wealth of the sinner that is laid up for me? Because I've given you three separate scriptures that's telling you about a sinner, a wicked man and a sinner again. And there's stuff they have because there's a lot of sinners and a lot of wicked people. They have a lot of resources and they are evil. And God said that you can get that stuff. He will favor you to receive their stuff if you know how. Not for greed, but for kingdom purposes. That's powerful, saints. These are some of the prayers that we need to start praying. How can I, how can I position myself? What do I need to do? Do I need to fast? Do, not, do I need to pray? Uh, do I need to study more scriptures? Do I need to build up my faith more? What do I need to do? Because that's what we need to be. Because there are millions and billions of dollars stored places that belongs to the sinner that the Lord said that in this hour, the church needs to get. And it's not coming by going and playing some lotto and hoping to win $200 million. You're wasting your time. But a sinner can win that money and God can put you on their mind or their heart and they can bless you. Because the ways that we sow are kingdom ways, not in the ways of the world. God will put somebody on, um, allow them to win something and they'll bless you because you've been good to them because you treat all men right as best you can. 
So this is the power of your seed. Glory to God. I believe that we're moving in a time and we're getting ready to close in just a minute. But we're moving into a time in these end time blessings. That there's even going to be a wealth transference. That God is going to transfer the wealth. You can be in a position and your heart can be so right that someone is wealthy. How many times has it been that an older person has gone to a restaurant and a waitress has taken care of them and been kind to them? And that person died and left that person in their will and they knew nothing about it. And they were millionaires overnight because of kindness. Kindness goes a long way. You don't know who God will put across your path and what kind of blessing they'll end up being to you. That's why we have to position ourselves with the things of God and ask God to put you in mind with this wealth transference that every sinner and every wicked person that God does not want them to have their stuff. Lord, think about me. Think about my family. Put me into a position where I can be blessed. Does that make sense? I hope this teaching was a blessing to you. I ask that you go back and you examine the scriptures. You study the scriptures. You take them and you meditate upon them. Let them go deep in your heart and you study and you study and you study until it builds faith. Until you can become a sower. And as you start to sow, you don't even worry about it anymore. You're not just trying to hold on to it and sow it at the same time. But you're releasing it by faith. Praise God. I want to thank those of you that have tuned into the broadcast on today. I ask that you would share this broadcast. If it's been a blessing to you, um, I'm looking for great things to come your way. Because there are angels waiting on you to sow. Angels are waiting on you to speak. Because they hearken to the voice of the word of God. And as you're speaking and praying. And I ask, also ask God to give you new strategies on how to pray. Because you need to change up your prayer. If it has not been working for you, change it up. Because God has some great things for you. There's wealth in the earth. There's no shortage of anything. It's, it's, it's wealth even in the ground. At their wealth, some people have homes that they moved in. And people hid money in the walls. Or hid artifacts in the furniture and stuff like that. Worth millions of dollars. Ask God to lead you to that wealth. But be kingdom minded when he brings it to you, when he puts seed in your hand, he's putting your seed in your hand because he wants you to be a sower and just start sowing into the kingdom because this is about kingdom business. Praise God. Guys, y'all be blessed. This is your host, Kerry B. This is Vaughn Radio and Voice Over Nations broadcast. Until we speak again, be blessed.